Welcome back to Othered. Your favorite podcast. With your favorite hosts. Yeah. Sarah and Caleb. That's us. Here we are. <laughs> We're back and better than ever. That's right. Yeah. On a happy, sunny Thursday. Mm, it's gorgeous out. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's like starting to become fall and I'm so thrilled. Me too. Yeah. I'm over the oppressive heat. Um, yeah. I want to wear sweaters mm-hmm. and cuddle. Sweater weather. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> we love sweaters. I do. <laughs> I always feel so exposed in summer. Do you? So, like, the layers are like mm, cozy. Yeah. So I can like hide from the world a little bit more. Uh, well, I like to be exposed. Oh. I want to expo- <laughs> expose as much as I can while I can. <laughs> that makes sense because you're gorgeous you're stunning Uh, thanks yeah the more we can see of you the better that's that's my (laughs) motto too (laughs) well everyone that was a little weird but thanks caleb what have you been up to um uh, therapy today Mm. um working um working and then uh processing my life i've Mm. been doing a lot of like Drinking coffee and staring longingly out my window. Oh. Yeah. Cute. (laughs) It's been very romantic. (laughs) It it appears to be as you're watching the seasons change. Yes. I mean, the leaves haven't started changing yet, but it'll get there. It'll be more romantic. You'll be the first one to notice (laughs) when they do. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) I'll let you all know when it happens. (laughs) Okay. We'll we'll be on the lookout. (laughs) What about you? What are you doing? Um, nothing. I've been working also, uh, trying to get over this cold, mm. which is still plaguing my life. Yeah. Um, we went to a party last week. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was only last week. Yeah. Oh my god. It was not even a full week ago. What yet. even is time? Honestly, what is time? <laughs> that was fun. It Caleb was fun. and I got to get dressed up mm-hmm. go to a garden party hosted by our friends sandy and james Locke. i felt so bougie at that party i do too and there was like so much charcuterie so much it was like wow what a smorgasbord oh what a good word <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> you don't get to use that word very often no you don't but you that was a, that a very appropriate time <laughs> to pull it out and they had a lot of alcohol even though you're sober mm-hmm. I'm not. And it was great because Caleb was my DD on the way home. (laughs) I was. (laughs) So it was perfect for me. I only had like not even three full glasses of wine. Well, yeah, it was Uh probably eight ounce pours. Yeah. But and I only had three and I didn't finish the third. No, you didn't. But I I cannot hang like I used to even Mm. like six months ago. Interesting. What was that like for you? Well, every time I drink... Um, I feel like shit the next day. Oh yeah, and I'm like grumpy and I'm tired and sluggish <laughs> mm-hmm. and mean. Yeah, irritable. This one thing I don't miss is hangovers. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because my tolerance is so low mm, that mm-hmm. it doesn't take much. Right. And I'm noticing it's like any time I drink. It's not just if I'm drinking a lot. It's if I drink at all, I feel like this the next day, mm. which makes me think I don't need to drink. You know, Mm -hmm. which is sad because who wants to be completely sober all the time? Um, Not me. (laughs) Yeah. Sobriety is definitely a choice. Yeah. Um, And it's one of those situations like at that party, right, where I had like a little bit of social anxiety and I was like, oh, it would feel really nice to be able to like 
take that edge off. Mm -hmm. But I just know that it would not end good for anybody if I, you know, picked up a drink. So, right. yeah. So it's it's interesting to raw dog life, you know, it in is. that way in sobriety. But it's uh, it's good stuff. It is. Yeah. And you did it. And I mean, I mean, I didn't do right. it. <laughs> but you had you did it s- smart, right? Like you had a DD. So, yeah, you're welcome. It wasn't a complete raw dog. <laughs> it was it was like a, a pullout situation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> These sex metaphors are like never going to get old to me. I could just keep it up forever. Oh, God bless. God bless. <laughs> so glad that 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 day happened in our lives where we initiated bringing raw dog in right. to our vocab. And living your life on the edge of an orgasm. Right on the right. edge. Right just, on the edge. Just go after it. Mm. Chase it. Don't let anyone stop you. <laughs> it's too much. It's almost too much. Almost. There's like the line and maybe it's towing it, you know? I am loving it. Mm. Because people know what you mean when you say stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But it's just, it's a little out there and I love it. Yes, it's it is. It's on brand for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> totally on brand. <laughs> oh. Well. Well. Go ahead, buddy. We have someone exciting with us today. We have been talking about having this person on our podcast for a long time. We say that a lot. Almost like since day one. Yeah, since day uno. Yeah, and we finally have her in the room with us. And we could not be more elated. She is beautiful and smart and a business. And powerful. Oh, yeah, powerful. Fierce. Fierce, mm. business baddie, insightful, local um, lover. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> she is just everything we could ever want in a guest. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can't guess who it is by our description, <laughs> it is a local matchmaker the one, extraordinaire, the, only. the one and the only, Cat Cantrell. I'm giving myself a round of applause. Absolutely, as you should. (laughs) What? Can you intro me on my own podcast like that? (laughs) I don't think my guests, my or my guests or my uh, listeners realize. I mean. Right. You need to let them know how amazing you are. (laughs) I will be your perpetual hype man for sure. Uh, I think I need one of those. (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my husband is, I mean, he's the ultimate hype man, but I, you know, you could, I mean, I, I'm always accepting more. So we're looking for opportunities to to expand. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But thank you both so much. What an incredible intro. Thank you. You guys are so sweet. Thanks for coming on our podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. We're excited to have you. Hmm. So for those of you that live under a rock and haven't seen a cat on billboards driving around town. (laughs) Or on social media, there's TikTok and your podcast. Yes, her podcast. She's everywhere that you want to be. Um, She is... A local matchmaker. She's right here in the heart mm-hmm. of Cedar Rapids. And yeah. she is an amazing person. And I had someone, actually, we met with someone right before we were here. And they were like, didn't she teach dance? We yeah. were like, yes, mm-hmm. she has done it all. Yes. So it's tell been us, a transformation. Yeah. Tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself, Kat. <sighs> I, I mean, where do I begin? Honestly, I, um, 
so yes, I'm a matchmaker and a dating coach and I, uh, basically the work that I'm doing now is something that had completely organically found me in a time during chaos during, during the pandemic, Mm. honestly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, when we have, we're having experiences in our lives and not to sound like woo woo about it all, but truly like we, sometimes we're, when we're in the thick of things and we don't understand why we're going through what we're going through and then time passes and we look back at that time and we go, Oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I understand why I had to go through all of that in order to get to where mm. I'm at now. And Hindsight I, 2020. Kind totally. Of thing. Yeah. Totally. And I, uh, so yes, so I'm matchmaker and dating coach. Um, I've been an entrepreneur in here in Cedar Rapids for, I just celebrated my 10 year entrepreneurial uh, anniversary in August of this year. And so Happy I can't believe, oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, a serial entrepreneur, honestly, from um, opening up a dance studio to developing coaching programs, to writing my own book, to, uh, taking women on international adventures to now um, having a podcast, having you know having a thriving local slash international business. Um, it's been yeah, it's been quite the journey for sure. International? And yeah, I have wow. I have clients over in the UK. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Congratulations thanks. on that. That's oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I have a client that I've been working with over a year and a half Mm -hmm. that's based in the UK. She currently lives in Portugal. She actually works for the British government. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Toot your own horn. I think that's so cool. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's, I'm really proud of the work that I do and I wouldn't be in this work if it wasn't for the previous work and for, you know, everything that I've done. And, and it's, you know, it's interesting because I've, I'm on camera a lot, right. I'm, mm. and I'm doing Instagram and I'm on TikTok and I'm doing videos. I'm on YouTube and my podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very used to being in front of the camera, but I wasn't like that. And it's, it's really easy to look from somebody from the outside in and being like, gosh, you know, how do they do this? And I think you two, you know, even having your own podcast, you get better over time. Mm-hmm. And I've been in front of the camera for 10 years. So I better look like I know what I'm doing right. and I know what I'm saying. This isn't something that, you know, developed overnight, but mm. it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and a lot of love into this town. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not originally from Cedar Rapids. Uh, my ex-husband brought me here actually uh, the summer of 2006 and we moved here from Detroit. I lived in Detroit for 10 years, but prior to that, I'm originally from Southwest and from the Phoenix area. Well, everyone knows what Scottsdale is now. They didn't used to, but now everybody knows what Scottsdale <laughs> is. And it's like, I'm almost ashamed to be like, I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. But it was before people knew what Scottsdale sure. was. Oh my God. Now it's another LA. And right. like, I don't even recognize half of the people that I went to high school with mm. because they've all had so much work done yeah. and such. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, I digress. It's, you know, when I moved here um, with my ex-husband, we moved here during the the huge recession. The yeah. plants were closing down in Detroit. I moved here with my two small kids. And then a year later, 
found myself, we had already reconciled our marriage once and he was an extremely narcissistic, very abusive, alcoholic, mm. painting that whole picture. I got yeah. married when I was super young. I met him when I was 19. And so it's just kind of like that whole story. And then um, we reconciled the marriage once. We moved, to, we moved to Iowa and I thought, oh, it's our second chance. We're moving to Iowa. Mm, clean this slate. Is clean slate. And the kids mm. were starting, both of them were gonna be in school. And I was like, okay, this is <clears> gonna be awesome. And it wasn't, it mm. just, things just got worse and worse. And so I ended up asking for a divorce that following summer, mm. um, unexpectedly. It was one of those things where we were just in a very heated argument and I just could not take it anymore. And mm. I, he goes, well, do you want a divorce? And I went, yes. And I was like, oh, oh, I guess I, I said do. it. I can't take it back. Yeah. There wow. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and which started this whole journey of, you know, you've only been with one person your whole life. Mm. I met him when I was 19. And so now I was in my early 30s with two small children and I was starting to date and I was like completely blindsided about the whole culture and Mm -hmm. the online dating and just the, just how dating was. And I found myself there was very, very low lows in that dating period of my life where my self-esteem was really low, mm. my self-worth and my value and not understanding because I'm a Gen X. And so my parents were boomers. And even when I was in college, it was still very acceptable for you to get engaged while you were still in college. Like mm-hmm. it was still, you went to college to get your MRS degree. It was yep. very- <laughs> I'm familiar with that. Yeah, yep. it's just <laughs> kind of house. it still, it was starting to turn a <clears throat> little bit where, but there was still some, a lot of pressure on women sure. um, in college to find somebody. And, um, you know, as I was dating, at, you know, I was getting pressure from my from my parents about like, well, you're getting older, you need to find somebody, oh. you need to find somebody, you need to find oh. somebody, oh. you need a good role model for your children. It was just like- and you know, people telling me that I was too picky, and you know, and then men mm. telling me that I was too much, I was too independent, I was too self-sufficient, I was, I was, I was too much energy. I was like, and mm. you know, it was too big. I was too small. Like it was like overloaded yeah. to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. I mm-hmm. was like, I have got to get back to center. Like, and I didn't know what center was because I threw. I mean, I threw myself into my relationship with my ex-husband and then I just threw myself into dating and I remember being on a dating app and like filling out your interests. Um, I didn't have any interests because Mm -hmm. I literally went from divorce to dating in a town that I did not grow up in. Mm -hmm. So I'm in Cedar Rapids trying to figure out things, trying to raise my kids. My ex-husband had took off and, and had already remarried and moved to Illinois. So I like, didn't know even know who I was. And so I went on this whole journey of rediscovery, understanding myself, really, you know, what were my interests? What were, you know, what defined me? A relationship didn't define me. I didn't want motherhood to define me either. And so just trying to figure out what all that was. And that's how my entrepreneurial journey started was Mm. as this single mom going, okay, I'm not dating anymore. I need to get my act together. I've got to figure out who I am because I just, I want to have a partner in my life eventually who's gonna add that value. I want to add that value Mm. back. Like Mm -hmm. I want the type of life that a partner is gonna look at my life from the outside in and go, hmm, she looks interesting. She looks like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And so because of the singlehood, 
that's what started my whole business. And so I started my business with the push of a friend. I was working corporate at day, running my dance studio at night while raising my two kids. Wow. And um, it was a lot. And my kids were 15 and 12 at the time. So we used to have a lot of family meetings. And I was like, are you guys okay? Is everything? Because I wasn't home as mm. often. And so um, <sighs> it was. it wasn't until a year later that I decided, I think I'm going to put myself back out there again. So I went online, went on Plenty of Fish. And within that first week of Plenty of Fish, I ended up finding my now husband. And so we wow. started dating. And... That's exactly what he said was, I saw your profile and I thought to myself, first off, I can't believe they make those out here. Second, <laughs> <laughs> I want that in my life. Mm -hmm. Like she looks like I want to be a part of that. And just I knew if I would have met him the year before, the two years before, the three years before, he wouldn't have been that type of man would have not have been attracted mm. to what I was offering. And so because of all of that experience and everything of being in the trenches of, of dating and being able to figure out what that formula is for me. And, you know, that's how kind of the coaching started was confidence coaching and loving yourself and self love and finding your spark and not letting roles in life define you, like figure out what that definition definition is for you. And, that because of all of that journey, it catapulted my coaching career and which kind of ultimately with the demise of my dance studio with thing closing COVID, it really kind of forced me to really pivot and be like, okay, what kind of value add can I do now? Like mm. what benefit can I offer my community? And it wasn't until I had a previous dance student actually contact me she knew Brian because when Brian's my husband, a lot of people, a lot of the women in the studio would be like, where do we get a Brian? Mm -hmm. <laughs> where do we get that guy? Can you teach me how to get that guy? And I was doing confidence coaching and stuff. And I was like, I don't have time for dating coaching, you guys. Like I just it, to me, it was just like one more thing. And I just couldn't focus on that at that time. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Here we go for a full circle. I have someone who's coming to me going, teach me how to find love. I'm doing a horrible job at it. I know you have it. I know you didn't have it. And then you did have it. Teach me that. Mm -hmm. That's what I want in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, light bulb moment. I was like, oh, I think this might be the thing. And so uh, with the push of my, because I had a business coach at the time, because I was trying to figure out my life. And she was like, well, who do you want to help? Like, who gives you the most joy? And, and this client came top of mind. And she goes, that. Do, is it, it was organic. It was natural. I took all this knowledge from my own dating life. I knew that I could help. And so she's like, just do that. Don't worry about these other things. Just do dating coaching. And so that's what I did. And I fell in love and I just fell in love with it. But then what ended up happening is the world ended up opening up again. And people were like, oh, you're a dating coach. Oh, do you, do you do matchmaking? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not, no, you have to find the people on your own. Like I was able to like, I was really kind of annoyed by it. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do everything. Right. You know, I can help you and I can coach you, but it was a consistent, like people were asking me mm. and calling me and emailing me. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Something's going on here. Sure. And 
one of my, so my top three strengths on the Clifton strengths, I don't know if you guys have ever taken those, is mm-hmm. woo, which is winning others over, over. Second is empathy. And third is positivity. Mm. Relator is number four and communicator is number five. I can relate. I'm super positive. I can empathize with people. I've been through the trenches of dating. I can see the bent. I can see the light in people. It's just, it's just part of who I am. So I'm like, why am I not using these talents mm. that I can help people connect, especially watching my dating coaching clients frustrated with online dating, tired of the swiping. Why am I not creating opportunities and experiences for people to connect in real life? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a very like honest conversation with myself and I'm like, okay, is this really the path that I want to go down? Because it was super scary hmm. and um, matchmaking has a stigma, but I was like, okay, girl, you went through a burlesque dance studio in Cedar Rapids <laughs> and I went through that whole stigma and what that yeah. was about. I was like, right. if you could do that, you can absolutely do this. Right. What's stopping True you that. from doing this? Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely do this. And so got my certification became a member of the Alliance and just started helping people. It does sound like there's been like a natural evolution. Yes. You know, obviously there's been like pivoting, but sure. it definitely does feel like a kind of natural progression yeah. to me. And yeah. what I'm loving about your story is being open yeah. to those opportunities that have come. You know, maybe not at first, but like, no. eh, I don't want to do that. Right. But those opportunities kept knocking at the door. They did. And, you know, call it fate or destiny or whatever. Right. The, kind of forced your hand and you're like, oh, I can be open to this. Yeah. And it was one of those things too, where I was so worried about what people were going to think. Oh yeah. And is it going to make sense? Mm -hmm. Because people knew me for this because, because of the dance studio, I became much more known in the community. Mm -hmm. Is the community going to accept this? I didn't know. Yeah. And the more I kept running into people, they were like, oh, yeah, this, I'm not surprised. People kept going, yep, not surprised. Yep, not surprised. <laughs> not surprised you're doing this. This is totally natural. This makes sense for you. Like, I, it was the opposite. Yeah. Where I was getting people were like, you're the perfect, if anybody in this town can do this, sure. you're the person who could do it. That's got to be so validating, though, It too. was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Mm. And it meant a lot to me because those were scary times. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we were... Cloroxing our packaging of our groceries at that period of time, you know, just trying to yeah, figure out. Yeah, the world out. was different. It was yeah. so different. Yeah. Um, so I was so afraid, like, and I just leaned into it because I, as I teach people, like, there's two choices that we make in everything in life. We can make it out of joy and love or we can make it out of fear. Mm. And I was like, you just. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, one of the things I say about the dance studio all the time is like, what's the worst case scenario? I fail. I open it and I fail. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the worst case scenario with this? I fail. Yeah. yeah. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, you're going to figure it out. That yeah. fear of failure can be so debilitating. Yeah. <sighs> Paralyzing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just having that conversation with my best friend last night. Mm. Like that fear of failure has kept me from so many things throughout my life. Yes. And I'm just now realizing it's like, oh, that's what that is, is the fear fear of failure and not knowing how to fail well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that like failure doesn't mean that I'm a mess or that I personally am a failure. But right. that, that just means venture, that thing didn't work. Right. That's right. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. At least you tried. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <clears throat> yeah. So did you find that after the pandemic, 
people had this like urgency to connect and find each other. Yes. And I think that's why matchmaking even became a thing again. Mm. Um, It's actually made a huge comeback. They're making lots of Netflix shows about it Mm -hmm. because of digital dating. Like people are fatigued. Like Mm -hmm. they can't, they just cannot do it anymore. And so it sucks. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't, and I, you know, back when I was online dating, the apps were just starting to come out. And so everything was done through desktop. Um, so it was a little bit easier then. It was a little mm. bit more gatekeep. Like you weren't so exposed to the constant mm. dopamine overload, mm. constant fatigue of comparing yourself to other people. And just, it's just so much worse now. And so I think after the pandemic, that's, and I think that's why, my business was able to really kind of get some legs was because a lot of single people were locked up mm-hmm. mm. on their own going, wow. okay, wait, I don't really like this. Mm-hmm. I really would love to be in a possible partnership. And so I think there was some of that too. And people were hungry to reconnect and to be among each other. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, th- I don't know if my business would have been born if it wasn't for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be here. I think I might be somewhere else. Sure. Yeah. So. What do you think is the main motivator for people making the move from online dating or trying to find love themselves um, to working with someone like you? I think there just becomes a point. Like everybody has their own aha moment. Mm -hmm. So we have our aha moment with setting boundaries with family. We have our aha moment when we're deciding, oh gosh, this is it. I'm going to leave my job. Mm. We have our aha moment (laughs) where we're like fed up and we're like, okay, um, maybe I'm going to finally do this thing. Maybe I'm going to finally stand up for myself. And when people come into my office, I know they've tried everything. And so usually I always ask them, what is that? What was that moment for you that you finally said, this is enough? Mm -hmm. And it usually is that last you know, situationship, the last, uh, I thought this relationship was going somewhere. The last, um, you know, opportunity of maybe of somebody that they completely dismissed where a lot of people come into me and they're like, I obviously do a terrible job of picking for myself. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm attracted, Mm -hmm. nor do I know where even, are there even good people out there? Mm -hmm. And I think just by walking into my office, no matter what the outcome is, whether they decide to work with me or to not work with me, I think just coming into my office and talking to me, my main priority is to give them hope. Because usually when people come to me, they're hopeless. Yeah. And I'm there to encourage and to push them in a way to where having them changing that mindset to where they believe it exists for them versus I'm unlovable, you know? And I, I think that I'm, there's always full disclosures. I'm always like, I'm not a therapist, but sometimes just having a conversation with them and having them have this awareness where they're like, okay, I'm not broken. Um, I have a lot to offer and just them, it builds their confidence enough if I can set them on their way out the door, just having that little piece. I mean, I've had people do that where they just come in and have a conversation and maybe 
they don't decide to work with me or they work with me and they'll walk out of my office and it's just like that energy shift Mm -hmm. of like hope, uh, validation, uh, understanding, awareness that I'll get a email message and they'll be like, it's the craziest thing. I left your office and I went back, you know, I went back to my office and somebody said, Hey, are you, I have this person that I want to set you up with. Are you open? And normally I would have said no, but I said yes. And now we're dating and it's been two months. You know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. like just having that a little bit of a shift, um, can give them just what they need. And so it can go a long way. It can. And I know they come to me sometimes in desperation. And so just holding that space for them and allowing them to kind of let go a little bit and listen to them and then send them, you know, give them moments of hope so that it hopefully will change their mindset. It does feel like kind of in relation to your story, you Mm -hmm. know, when you got your divorce and you started getting out there and started dating and started hearing all these messages of like, you're too much or you're not enough or whatever. And all those messages can be so, um, overwhelming yeah. and you can feel inundated with yes. all those feelings of self-worth and not feeling lovable and all those things right. and being able to hold space for somebody who else who's experiencing those things can feel so powerful, yeah. right? To just yeah. be like, yes, I see you. I've been there. I get it. Um, what has that been like to witness that experience from the other side? So there's a saying in coaching where you want to coach people who you were five years ago. Mm. You don't want to coach people on a problem that exists for you. Right. Mm. Because you haven't figured it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful that I... I don't think if I did not go through the trenches of that, I don't think that I would be the right person for this job. Mm. No matter what my certification was, no matter any of that, I don't feel that I would be the right person for this job. And so do I cry with people? 100%. Mm. Um, There's that empathy there. Yeah. 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 I mean, the tissues are there not only for them. <laughs> <laughs> They're for everyone. Community tissues. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fortunate because when people do walk into that office, they're like, it's so weird. It's like they always say, it's like so weird. I could just like tell you anything. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I'm giving that energy in a way to where they do feel comfortable, they do feel seen, they do feel heard, is sometimes it extremely heavy? Yes. Mm. It is. Um, Have I heard some pretty horrible things? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know what my boundaries are to where I know like when people, because sometimes just even talking to me, things can get triggered. Mm. And I always will say, are you working with a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> a nice little nudge. Right. I'm not a therapist, but... <laughs> right. Um, and there's some crossover, and therapists will recommend my work, and I recommend their work, right? So that. there's great mm-hmm. you know, crossover. Like I'll have people come into my office and go, yeah, my therapist recommended you. And I'm like, who's your therapist? <laughs> <laughs> I want to send them a gift basket. That's great. Um, but it's such an incredible honor. Like I can't express 
enough about I'm like Sam getting choked up even thinking about it. We love emotions. We do. I love my job. It's so hard at times. It's so hard. But when people are opening up about these very intimate things about themselves, I mean, there's, you know, love is what makes this world go round, honestly, and money. There's that too, but. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I always talk about how money and love are the two most vulnerable things that people will refuse to ask for help for, yet they're mm. the most important. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you graduate or when you leave your parents' home when you're 18 years old, there's two things that are assumed. Number one, that you're going to know how to manage your money and two, that you're going to attract a healthy relationship. And neither one of them are true. <laughs> that yeah. is so true. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. We have no clue. Oh, yeah. No. no idea. Especially depending on your upbringing and your parents mm-hmm. and like what your idea of what love is. Oh, it's. God. I mean, one of the very first things that I make my clients do is journal what does love feel like? Mm. And they like, they're like, wait, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And there are some people that are in my office that don't even know where to start. Like have never thought that they've ever felt it, which is like ground zero, right? Where let's figure out what that is for you. Mm -hmm. Because how could you date if you don't know what that, what it, what that might feel like to you. And so these are very intimate conversations. And I know that when people come to me, there's almost a desperation. I know that there is a a huge vulnerability piece. And so the first thing I always say is I just want to thank you for coming in. I know it took a lot of courage to be here and just know that this is a non-judgment zone. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to give you space to kind of talk things through. Um, And just to be that person that people confide in and can talk to you about this. Um, it's just such an incredible honor. Honestly, I'm just blown away that I get to do this work and I'm just incredibly, incredibly grateful. And, um, there was, a my, I've been, I was telling you guys about how I just got on TikTok and TikTok's so crazy. So I got uh, one of my videos, an old sorority sister from 30 years ago who I've not seen in 30 years went, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing you on TikTok. It's Paula from Bowling Green State University, AOPI sorority. (laughs) What's up girl? She's like, I can't believe this is like, she goes, you look, she goes, you look amazing. I was like, okay, thanks. And she goes, I was just telling my girls that you have not changed in 30 years this you are exactly the same person that you were 30 years ago so i've always been Mm. this person i mean Mm -hmm. even in my sorority i was the new member educator so like the new you know the new girls would come in and i would Mm. educate them about the sorority about all of it i've always been that nurturer Mm -hmm. holding a safe place talk to me about the thing. But the thing about it is that I could never go into therapy because in therapy you can't give your opinion and you be damn straight I'm giving you all of my opinions. <laughs> yeah. All my opinions. Right. I love it. We love an opinionated woman. Oh, yeah, we, we do. support it. We Absolutely. love strong women with strong opinions. <laughs> yes. Yes. For yes. sure. Yeah, our friend Brody describes you as a mama bear. Yes. And I feel like that mm-hmm. is yep. super accurate. That's 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fierce, protective, yep. opinionated, yes. strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's in, 
part of it too is, I mean, it's such an honor to be on this podcast in particular because I love all people. Like I feel like I don't want to get on my high heart. I don't, you know, get on soapbox about this, but so many dating coaches are out there shredding women, shredding men, shredding like nobody, like the message of just love, like mm. people love, be better people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. not men, not women, not masculine, not feminine, not na 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 na. Just be better people mm-hmm. and empathize with people and understand that everybody's had their own journeys and failures and like insecurities. And it's just like, just be better people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's so frustrating to me. So, so, so frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I don't like about the dating coaching client or the climate that's out there. I just, sure. yeah, I don't like it. Well, I mean, like you were talking about that stigma before. Yeah. And like, I think the only way that I've ever seen coaches, life coaches, dating coaches, matchmakers, whatever portrayed in like films or TV is always kind of like, uh, a They're little shitting gross, on somebody. a little douchey, a totally. little like, like sleazy, yeah, sleazy or scummy. You know that like they yeah. don't have their shit together, and right? That's like yes, yeah. to like combat that stigma has yeah. got to be a lot of work. Yes, especially you, sure. as a strong, opinionated woman in right. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit, that's not our favorite type of person <laughs> right. here. No, yeah. it's not. No, Mm-mm. and I could even see that. You know, when you were doing your burlesque dancing oh the yeah coaching and all that yeah. stuff and i knew a lot of people who took your um courses and uh-huh. they loved it and they felt so empowered mm-hmm. and so it's like Thanks. really awesome to, still to see you doing that kind of work yeah of empowering people yeah um to but become their even, best selves yeah but it's to me it's like almost like i've leveled up because i'm not just working with women like i right. get to work with men mm-hmm. too and i feel that that's an incredible gift to to be able to work with everyone honestly Mm -hmm. or whoever wants you know whoever wants my help and you know before it was just women and women only and now it's being able to open up and to help everyone sure yeah yeah so it's even better yeah i did notice like as while i listened to your podcast that there was a lot of you know kind of targeting your message towards women Mm -hmm. has that changed or evolved for you then oh 100 percent. okay yeah i would say it's changed probably a lot within the last six or nine months. Okay. I think initially that was my comfort zone. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love a comfort zone. Yeah. Love, hate, uh-huh. a comfort zone. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was familiar with. Right. Yeah. And I'm a woman myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew when I started matchmaking, I knew that I had to be open to helping both. Mm-hmm. And because of the way that I match people and because of the way of my methods. And... Um, so it has changed, um, and it feels good. It's uncomfortable at times, but it feels good. Sure. Well, yeah. like you said before, it's kind of an intimate thing. It is. Mm-hmm. And that can be really scary. Yes. For sure. Yeah. For both people, honestly, right. for you and for your clients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I want to hear more cat, but let's take a little break. And when we come back, more cat Than 
ever. Yes. <laughs> Refreshed, rejuvenated with Kat Cantrell. Yeah. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. So I, well, Caleb and I, Caleb and me, we, have been really immersing ourselves in you lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, follow- no shame. We've been deep diving. Yeah, we've Aww. been deep diving. Yeah. And yeah. I know Caleb, uh, last night we were talking on the phone and I was like, how's your day? And he's like, well, I've been listening to Kat's podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, is that a happy thing? And he was just like, oh, I feel away. And I watch your videos on social media um. and I probably like Caleb, I feel like we listen and we're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. Good. That's yes, what I want. That's in what I want good you to do. Way. I feel yeah. like we're yeah. both yeah. growing and kind good. of recognizing things that maybe we do that hinder mm-hmm. us in finding a good partner. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. it's been really insightful to oh. yeah, engulf ourselves in you. It that has, means so much. It has been fun. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had therapy today and I went yeah. to her with all the things that oh, I've been good. feeling. Oh good. Cat and blah 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 blah. And yep. I'm still single and blah blah blah. But like it's been so refreshing, I think, to get into what you offer. Mm. The information mm. that you um, bring to the table and mm. the other people that you even bring on the podcast, like I forget what her name was, but you guys were talking about the label of being single. Yes. And she's another coach, too. Yes. And it was such a great episode to talk about, like kind of square one. Right. You know, like, OK, we're single. And how do we be single and yeah. what does that look like and how does that feel? And then how do we start to move towards being open to finding a relationship yes. or building a relationship? Yes. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I feel like coming into this space today, I felt like I had so many questions Mm. and so many thoughts and feelings. And honestly, I just want to thank you for doing the work that you do first and foremost. I think it's really, you know, important because it does feel like it can be so intimidating to have somebody come into your life, um, you know, even from uh, a distant kind of way, like through a podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. that is like intimate, that it is yeah. like very deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I guess one thing I have a question, kind of like a, I mean, not super deep, but like, what are some of the books that you would recommend to um, people to kind of jumpstart oh, sure. some of their, um, you know, work on themselves or working yeah. on uh, getting into dating yeah. the right way? Well, first and foremost, the book Attached. Mm. Um, Did you just read that? I did just read that. Yeah. (laughs) That was brutal. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That book Attached, um, truly, like, whether you're in a relationship, not in a relationship, married, single, everyone should read that book. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's a quick read. It was, yeah. Uh, It's really, yeah. And it's, um, they put it, it's not so psycho babble either Mm -hmm. where you get lost, where you have to reread that paragraph over and over again. I've read books like that. Um, So for sure, Attached. There is a book by Logan Uri called How Not to Die Alone. That is a really, that is a really, actually I'm going to, go um on a matchmakers mastermind logan is now the um she works for hinge but i'm actually going to this mastermind with logan so i'm super excited so i get to have this opportunity with her so that's another one there is one um that is called wired for dating Mm -hmm. that i don't remember who the author is of that one that is another great book and speaking in thumbs speaking in thumbs is a little bit 
It's a little difficult to read. Mimi Ginsburg is the author. Um, I've had the honor of meeting her as well. Um, it's all about texting and like reading oh, through people's texts thumbs. and <laughs> yeah, speaking in got thumbs <laughs> um, and how relationships, you know, how can you decipher and mm. go through how you can pick things up through text messaging. And so that one is, is another good one. Um, those are the four that I can think of on the top of my head. Sure. Yeah. So I saw, and I didn't watch it because it was a little triggering, but I saw that you posted something that was like, stop texting before your first date. That's right. Why? Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, there is, so if you, so the, the, the reason for the video is because people are so, um, attached to texting so much so where they're building false emotional connection with people before mm. they even meet them. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> it's a couple of things. It, it, it's because it's it feels good mm-hmm. to have somebody there to chit chat, um, and so you don't really know who this person is. This is this is in cases where you online date, right? So, I think it's a little bit different if you're getting set up through mutual friends, and you know, usually when you do that, things move a little bit quicker. Online dating things stall out, right? right. You're like in each other's DMs, and it takes forever. It seems like sometimes to get them off the app, um, but get to know them enough throughout through the through the dms of the app to know enough are you interested are you curious enough to meet them mm-hmm. and then set the date and that's it walk away because when you start texting and you like involving intimate moments of your day in the morning and at night you're texting throughout the day you're having more serious conversation via text not you can't hear their voice you don't see their face so your brain wants to make sense of this mm-hmm. your brain will create a romantic idea of who this person is. Mm. It wants to be like, okay, I need to, I'm starting to build an emotional connection. So your brain wants to make sense. So now you have this grandiose idea of this person that you've been talking to via text. You don't know really kind of what they look like. You don't know their mannerisms. And so you've built this person up so much that when you meet them in real life, 80% of the time, people will walk away from that first date mm-hmm. because the person across the table does not match the person that's in their head right. and they say, no mm-hmm. thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Setting expectations of, of a person. Unrealistic expectations. Yeah. yeah, totally. Because they're people. Everyone mm-hmm. has their icks and their quirks and mm-hmm. like you do too. Yeah. Um, Goes from being two dimensional to three dimensional. That's right. With mm-hmm. history and yeah. So now your heart's broken because in a way, because now you've invested this emotional investment to this person that number Mm -hmm. one didn't earn it Mm -hmm. at all all they did was text you Mm -hmm. so you're already throwing that out there right second it's there's like a it's like a disappointment and it's an energy exchange you're exchanging energy with somebody that you don't know anything about and you're sharing these intimate moments it's just it's a it's a recipe of disappointment and and so instead of doing that and getting so attached to that if you're interested enough set the date and walk away. Mm. That's it. And people are like, well, 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 well. Then the morning of, go, hey, I'm excited. Not, hey, are we going to meet tonight? Say, hey, I'm so excited to see you tonight at six o'clock. See you then. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not, how was your day? How's mom? You know, like, none of that. <laughs> like, it doesn't, again, <laughs> false sense of intimacy sure. and emotional connection 
Um, so just don't do that. Yeah. And you'll thank yourself for it. Because then when you show up and there isn't a connection, you haven't invested all this energy from this past sure. week. So people, and part of this too, this is why people get so burned out. This is why, because you're constantly being an emotional slut. Stop. Ooh. Ugh. Sorry. Oh god! I wow. wow. <laughs> Real talk. Damn. Okay. Sorry, I had to, I had to say it. No, thank that, you. That yeah, a little bit. But yeah. I, I have found myself in that exact mm. position. Yeah, that used to be me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I used to do the same thing. I remember. Um. Yeah. I had. I connected with this guy on eHarmony. Um. Never like saw his picture. Had multiple text exchanges built this idea of who this guy was and when I met him in real life it was not at all what I thought he was going to be and he drove all the way from Illinois to come see me Mm. and so my people pleaser went into overdrive and I was like oh but he drove all the way here like it was yeah and I just don't want people to have to go through what I went through and so Mm. yeah wow Mm -hmm. okay um asking for a friend (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to a person who is still hung up on their ex? <clears throat> yeah. So if you're still <laughs> So if you're still hung up on your ex, having an honest Okay, so you read the book attached. I did. Okay. Part of pining over an ex is a way of feeling close or having some kind of feeling that you're close to someone. Mm. It's much easier to pine over something that once was or something that used to be because it's familiar to you. You don't have to work for that relationship. You were already vulnerable with him. I'm suing. Mm -hmm. Um, You were, um, you opened yourself up to him and you already have done the work in that way. So now that you're single, to start that process with somebody new is terrifying, right? Yeah. So you've already been vulnerable with him. So it makes total sense where you're like, why can I just not go back to what's familiar? Why do I have to start again? Even though I know you know that he's not good for you. <laughs> Which is why he's an ex. That was a pregnant pause. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No. Share that that's, with your friend Caleb. That's real. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pass. Text that him right now. <laughs> I'm gonna pass that along. <laughs> but that's why. I'm not if there's crying, not because when what happens is is that the the brain so the farther away when you're where when you're avoidant and I, I'm not I don't know if you're avoidant or not but that's that is a there is that is a characteristic so the the farther you wait the the farther away you are from someone. Um, it's like giving birth, right? So we give birth and it's horrible and it's painful and it's like a horrific experience. But the longer period of time we are from having a child, we're like, that wasn't so bad. Why was that? (laughs) Right. That didn't seem to be so. The brain forgets. Mm -hmm. It forgets. And so it just remembers all. It's like when people die. The halo People don't. Yeah. People don't, when they die, don't talk around, talk about what a crow terrible person they were they're like oh remember they used to do this and do that it's the same thing with an ex your brain isn't going to remember all the horrible things and the things that mm. happen in that relationship it's just going to remember all the romantic parts mm. yeah. and so that's what's happening mm. partly too i sure. think 
Again, I'm not a therapist, but I'm making assumptions. Right, and yeah. that's no, not yes. knowing any of the context of that's that situation right. that's right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's nuance there, but yeah. yeah. Mm, Ooh, cool. Good one. Yeah. Thanks. I've got a question. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. For, for a friend also. Yes, tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much of each other's dating history really matters when dating someone new? How do we recognize the difference between an actual red flag and when we're just being biased and holding someone's past against them. Yeah. So red flag is like a super hot word right now, like oh, everywhere. It drives me crazy. There's a difference between preferences and red flags. There's a difference between a true red flag, which is somebody's behavior and how they're treating you and how they're showing up to the relationship. Um, you know, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that previous history and previous relationships should be a gauge on whether or not you should invest in somebody potential, somebody that comes to you. Mm. I don't think that their previous dating history matters. There's two people to every equation, right? So there's always two people that show up. Well, sometimes there's more, but in a monogamous relationship, um, there's two people that are showing up and we don't know the context. So they're going to tell you their own version of that story. You will never know the whole story. Right. That's true. You won't. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you their version. Um, and this is why there's a Facebook group that all these women are on there bashing men. I can't remember the name of it. Drives me crazy. Because again, it's their own story and what happened in the relationship. And if you can't take ownership of what happened in that relationship, then that's some work that you have to do too. Like there is some ownership that I am accounted for for my failed you know, failed marriage, hundred percent. But when we start to judge people based off of their previous relationships, it becomes, it's almost like, it, again, it's just a form of sabotage of protection, mm -hmm. right? Because we, we, when we start looking for excuses on why not to say yes, then that is, you know, those are all reasons of fear, mm -hmm. right? If we're looking for reasons to not say yes, then it's just that we're scared. We're scared to be vulnerable. And we don't want them to judge us from our previous relationships. We absolutely don't. No. No. Mm -mm. So why does it matter? Right. Why have that double standard? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you don't want to be judged. Because, right. again, we all have versions of what happened in those relationships. And every time, you know, as long as they are open, um, they're mindful, they are empathetic and sympathetic and caring and compassionate. We have to trust. Mm -hmm. We have to trust. We, I mean, people have to earn it, but we have to go into every, if we're out there and we're dating and we're meeting somebody new, we have to trust enough until proven otherwise. And yes, it's scary. And yes, it's a risk. 100% it's a risk. Falling in love absolutely is a risk. But it's such a a risk worth taking. Mm -hmm. But if you're constantly protecting yourself and looking for things that are red flags that are not red flags, then you're just, I mean, it's just, you want, you just want to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to, you just don't want to be hurt. There yeah. you go, friend. Yeah. That's living in fear. Mm -hmm. right? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Is there such a thing as too picky? Yes. And how do we know whether <laughs> whether we're being too picky? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> or not. You know, it depends on what it is, right? So there's a difference between being too picky and um 
you know, there's a difference between settling and compromise, mm-hmm. right? So being too picky is paying attention to certain qualities or characteristics of somebody that don't matter in a relationship. Mm. Like plaid wearing. That's right. Right. Plaid wearing. Yeah. That's being too picky. Okay. Um, right. Certain hair color being too picky, certain height being too picky, um, certain income too picky, certain type of personality too picky. Like those are, you think that, you know, mm. you it's, it's must have the same interests or hobbies too picky. Mm. It's not, again, it's all about finding somebody who's open. Sure. That's like ground zero. Are they open? Are they open to experiencing new things? Are they open to learning more about themselves? Are they open to new possibilities? Are they open to like all of these different, like to me, that is the core of really whether to figure out if somebody's compatible with you or not. If they're set in their ways and they have certain things about them where it's like, it's, it's this way or the highway, then they're not open. Mm -hmm. But people who get hung up on things that don't matter, that is being too picky. And they're usually more material vanity metrics mm. than they are like the core values of somebody. I prefer extroverts. So what yeah. I hear there is that that may not necessarily be yeah. something that's helping me find a partner. That's right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Caleb yeah. and I are being red. I know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing I face as a as a gay man is yes. um, there's been this shift in history in gay culture yeah. where a lot of times gay men would go to the gay bar right. to meet you know fellow partners or potential partners whatever right. Um, and now it's shif- shifted and there's been a lot of gay bars closing because a lot of that has transferred over to online. <sighs> Sorry, yeah, big sign. Yeah, there. honestly, same. <clears throat> um, so as a as a person trying to get out there and trying yes. to put myself out there. Yeah. Um, it has been so difficult to get gay men from like Grindr right. or from Tinder yeah. to meet in real life. Yeah. And I don't understand why that is so difficult. Like why? And I'm assuming it's just, you know, that fear that exists. Yes. You know, it's vulnerable. Judgmental. Yeah. yeah. Vulnerable. Def- definitely. Right. Because um, to your point, when it used to be that you had to actually go out of your house and mm-hmm. go into a gay bar. That, just that alone says that person's open to being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're willing to put themselves out there. It's not so much the case anymore. People have become so incredibly comfortable in their own homes behind mm-hmm. screens yeah. that the even just the the pure thought of actually moving somebody off the app and into real life can be paralyzing for totally. people. Yeah. And like, I'm guilty of it too. Oh, you sure. Know, starting to chat with somebody and then they're like, Hey, do you want to get together? And I'm yeah. like, oh God, no, I can't do that. <laughs> you know? And I think part of it is that like, there's that pressure, I guess, in some way that like, maybe they're expecting something different than what I'm willing to give. You right. Know? Maybe they want to like have sex and I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know, but, um, are you making a lot of assumptions there? I am. I do a lot, a lot. of assuming. I do a lot of judging and I do a lot of assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. A lot of assumptions. And yeah. usually um, science tells us that 90% of the time we are wrong. Wow. With assumptions. Mm. Yep. That's good to know. Yes. 
That's a slap in the face. That's mm. a lot of assuming that right. you do that. And not just you, the proverbial you. Right. Right. Like me too. Yeah. yeah. All of us. We all right. do. We all mm-hmm. do. Totally. I, I do it myself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You mm. also posted something the other day um, that was talking about really strong, independent, vocal women in particular, but I'd imagine mm-hmm. it's probably the same for all humans. Yes. Um, and how we should not shy away from that. And I've been, I was talking to a girlfriend who's a very strong, opinionated, vocal black woman. And I feel like there's a lot of stigma, always has been, always will be around strong, opinionated, vocal women, but also black women in particular. I would agree. And when I, the last person I dated who was a white man, uh, listened to my podcast. And I will say, I show up differently sometimes when I'm podcasting than I do in person because I'm very quiet. I like to be quiet. Yeah. I like to not talk. Yeah. I just am an introvert. So when I'm done peopling, I go home and I'm done. Right. Um, and he was like, I can't listen to your podcast because you are very different on your podcast than you are in real life. And I then when I was talking to You're not with him anymore, are you? I am not. Okay. <laughs> for a myriad of reasons. But I find that sometimes that was making journey. sure I that know. was a journey. Yeah, it was it was a journey, You're right, Caleb. Um but they I find are, that being a strong, opinionated, somewhat intimidating woman mm-hmm. is preventing me from finding a partner. But then you're saying don't dim your light because right. you're going yeah. to regret it. So right. don't back down. Is there a balance or should I just not have to, I mean, what do I do? Just keep being you boo. Okay. Yeah. And a man who tells you that he can't listen to your podcast because whatever agenda or thing that he has going on with himself that he can't handle this version of you and this version of you and this version of you. Thank you next. Mm-hmm. Because That's one of the beautiful things about being in a relationship is that if the both of you, I mean, we want to always grow and change like that's, we don't ever want to remain the same and you want a partner that's going to be the same. I mean, that's one of the key factors of of a successful long-term relationship is a growth mindset. So don't change anything about you change what you're allowing into your life. Mm. Maybe you should allow different maybe start saying yes to more opportunities mm-hmm. that, but that's not you. That's not changing yourself. This yeah. is just changing your behavior. Mm-hmm. That is different, but the right, if you, if, cause it's a dangerous slippery slope and we owe it to ourselves to make sure that we are presenting all of these versions of ourselves. And it's, it's always a discovery process and it's exciting. And it's, it's one of those things where, if we do dim our light, that whatever person's going to be attracted to that, it's going to get old for you mm-hmm. super quick. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, eventually you're going to want to shine a lot brighter. And then they're going to be like, wait, what's this version of you? I have found that exact thing to be true. Yeah. Yes. And that used to be true for me too. And I, um, you know, cause I was in the same mindset as you. Cause I was like, what do I have to do? I can't seem to, and it wasn't anything. I actually had to shine brighter. It was just who was I saying yes to into my life. Mm -hmm. The shining bright goes hand in hand with understanding your value. Mm -hmm. And if you dim your light, your value Mm -hmm. will also dim. Mm -hmm. And we want those things to shine 
both. Mm. So don't change anything other than possibly who you're saying yes to and who you're saying no to. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last question. Yeah. I hear a lot <clears throat> in the world that like you have to learn how to be single before you can be in a relationship. Do you agree with that statement or not? Because I feel like I'm in this place where like I'm single. I, I can learn been how single. to love yourself. Right, Focus yeah. on you. I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah. I used to hate that shit too. Um, what does that mean? Learn how to be single. Okay. So I, I mean, sure. Fine. Here's, here's my philosophy on this. Mm. You don't have to learn anything, right? Like this isn't, you don't have to learn to accept your role, right? Learn to accept to be single. Mm. What you do have to learn is that, you know, what we're, what we're looking for and what we want in our life is, is a companion, right? Is a partner, is somebody who is going to bring value and love and light and all of the wonderful things that a partnership can, can bring. Um, and there's always, you know, challenges, of course, that, you know, there's yin and yang to everything. Here's my philosophy on that. You don't have to learn how to be single, but you do need to learn how to romance yourself. Hmm. Hmm. Bring romance into your own life, you yourself. Hmm. So one of the things that I used to do when I was single <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. Here we go. Uh, I, you know, I used to go drop my kids off and I would have a weekend all to myself. And it was like a, you know, I was like, what do I do? Mm. And I always thought it was super romantic of like going and plopping yourself completely somewhere new and different that nobody knows you. And you could just go and be anything that you wanted to be. So I decided I was going to book a hotel room at Riverside Casino. Okay, I don't don't gamble, <laughs> but I knew it was safe. Mm. Like there were a mm-hmm. bunch of, you know, nanas and papas walking around and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, you know, smoking. And back then I, I, was, I would smoke cigarettes and like have a drink at the bar and I would be like, it's safe. But yeah. I could be anything. Sure. It was like I was the main character of my story. Yeah. And so... I walked into this bar and I sat down and I was having a drink and people were like, are you waiting for somebody? And I was like, no. Oh, is your boyfriend coming? No. Girlfriend coming? No. Are you here with a group of people? No. Like the whole fact that I was just sitting there on my own, people were like dumbfounded. They're like, who, what is she doing? So then I was just enjoying the band. And the next thing I know, there's like all this commotion and there was a dental convention that was happening we love dental conventions yes and so somebody came up to me to the bar and said are you here with the dental convention and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) yes i am and they're like i knew you were i could tell with your teeth i'm like absolutely (laughs) and so i became friends with like the vendors of this dental convention and we all i hung out with this whole group of people the whole night, probably until like, I think they pump oxygen in those places. So you yeah. like stay up all night. I think yeah. it was up until like five o'clock in the oh morning and met people that I never would meet again. But it, again, it was like, I became this main character. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't going home feeling sorry for myself. And why don't I have anybody? I'm like, I'm going to do something outside of the box. That's going to be so exciting for me. 
um, that, you know, maybe not for everybody, but it brought this like romantic story. So mm. now like I walk away from that going, yeah, I got to like be this person and be this, you know? <laughs> and so it's these like, even like you even the story that you were talking about, like drinking coffee and looking outside the window. Yeah. That's so romantic. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Like, look, start looking at your life, not, oh, I got to get used to being single, but look at your life in every moment. How can I create romance for myself? Mm-hmm. Is it a skincare regimen? Is it taking a, is it, I mean, yeah, self love, self care. Yeah, yeah. But this to me is like really what the key component is, is that bring the romance into you because if you know what it feels like to be romantic with yourself, you know what you're going to look for in a partner and mm-hmm. how you want to feel with them. I love that. So. Oh. My God. Wow. Can we like schedule weekly <laughs> dating therapy <laughs> with you? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh. What, 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 how, however I can be of service, I'm here for you guys. So insightful. Yay. Yeah. Okay, so I want to play a little game before we wrap up our show. Sounds good. It's called, I was thinking of what we could call it. We don't have a name for it. It was inappropriate, so I'm not going to say it. But it's a word association (laughs) game. Oh, my God. I love it. Inappropriate for this show? Right? Yeah. I'm still on the sex um, metaphor Mm, journey. Okay. Okay. Now I need to know what this is. I was going to call it like come fast or fast fuck. Oh. Okay, we've we're we're speeding through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, that's what yeah. we'll call it. Yes. Sorry, mom. Um, so uh. I have some words that I'm going to read off, and I want you to just say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, interesting. It okay. doesn't have to be a whole sentence. I'd prefer it not to be okay. like word association. Yeah. Just oh, sure, like sure, sure. Dog, cat, Caleb, long Beautiful. hair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say Jesus because does. Yeah. Jesus. It's, yeah, Jesus. It's the beard and the hair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ready, okay. cat. It's not a lot. It's perfect. It's the best. Somebody called me a hotter JVN the other day, Jonathan Van Ness. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh. he is gorgeous. Oh, he is gorgeous. But yeah. it was a customer from the map room that like texted the boss and was like, hey, give Caleb a raise. He's awesome. He's like a hotter Jonathan Van Ness. And I was like, oh. You do give uh, you you. do. (laughs) I was like, yes, okay, great, perfect. I'm hitting my goal, you know, mission accomplished. (laughs) Yeah, you you do deserve a raise just for that alone. I do actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're that Christina. Christina. (laughs) Yeah, take note. There you go. I love Christina. She's awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. Okay, ready? Ready. For our quickie? Yeah. Okay. Feminism. Oh, activism. Hmm. Monogamy. Uh, partnership. Dating. Uh, love. Black Lives Matter. Ooh. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. I, yeah. Queer. That. Uh, mm. Love. Marriage. Mm. Made up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Parenting. Oh, difficult. Mm. Polyamory. Mm, confusing. Republicans. <laughs> Ex-husband. <laughs> Nepotism. Mm. I don't have something for that. Okay. Yeah. Barbie. Ooh, pink. Democrats. Mm. 
Biden. Mm. Yeah. Psychedelics. Ooh. Needed. Mm-hmm. Blue Lives Matter. Mm. Black Lives Matter. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Amen. Yes. Cannabis. <laughs> Needed. Religion. Made up. Patriarchy. Oh. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therapy. Guided. Mm-hmm. Men. Misunderstood. Mm. Plastic surgery. Medically necessary. Fitness. health and what's your biggest pet peeve are you talking about adhd me or just in general (laughs) yeah whichever one has the best pet peeve yeah uh i think assumptions actually Mm. assumptions are a pet peeve just for all the obvious reasons Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense. It yeah. sure does. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a great conversation. Yay! Yeah, honestly, thank you so much, Kat. That You're was welcome. so enlightening. It was. Yeah. We're going to go home and have a cry. No, I, I needed it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. I can be vulnerable on this show. Because I'm, you know, I always say that I'm, I'm, I'm working in your higher power, like in yeah. your best interest. Right. Like absolutely. And I think there's that trust there, you yeah, know, yeah, and I, okay. I do trust you. Okay. Okay. No. Yeah, you're going to become a new voice in Caleb's head um, right. while he's... Well, you already are, but... Well, <laughs> it's yeah. funny because my clients, they want me to make a bracelet that says WWCS, what would Kat say? Yeah. Mm. Because they do, they say that, like, I can hear you in my head when I'm like... Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we'll That's give cool. us one, too, so that we okay. can look at right. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we all need to. Thank yeah. you so much for being thank here. You. We love you. Yeah. That was great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You should definitely go check out Kat's podcast, Dear, Dear Matchmaker. Matchmaker. Yes. She's thank on you. Spotify, on yep. Apple, on YouTube. Yep. Check out her website. It's called The Agency. The Heart Agency. The Heart Agency. Yep. Yes, yep. Where are you, you on social media so we can find you? Uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Kat Cantrell. Cool. Yeah. Yay. Cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. Party. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, Please go subscribe and like and review and share. I do read those reviews. So I'd like some new ones so that we can share them on here. Exactly. Yeah. We're at a 4.8 rating right now. I'd like a solid five. (laughs) It's because some dumbass had to fucking one star us one day. (gasps) Oh, that bitch. I know. And it's really hard to overcome that. Right. So one. That person can suck a dick. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We love Thanks. you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.